0: With the official overturn of Roe vs. Wade last Friday, celebrities and musicians on the left were surely going to react tactfully and with thought and nuance as they responded to the decision, right? (laughs) No. Uh, Let's see what the dude from Green Day had to say. F America. I'm effing renouncing my citizenship. I'm effing coming here. He went on to say that there's too much effing stupid in the world to go back to that miserable effing excuse for a country. Oh, the guy most famous for an album called American Idiot doesn't like this country and wants to leave. That is a shocker. Uh, Bye, Billy. How about rapper Kendrick Lamar? I wear this crown. They judge Christ. They judge you. They judge Christ. As he rapped on stage, fake blood poured down his face from the crown. They judge you. They judge Christ. God speed for women's rights, he said multiple times before uh, exiting and leaving his dancers behind. Uh, I mean, it seemed a little preachy, even without the diamond encrusted blood leaking crown of thorns. The horse lady with the unfortunate moisture problem in her undercarriage had some comments as well. Now y'all know it wouldn't be me if I didn't take a second to call out these stupid men. Megan the Stallion told the Glastonbury crowd Sunday. What else you want? Texas really embarrassing me right now. Y'all know that's my home state. See, there is hope in uniting the country. Texas is also embarrassed by you, Megan, and not not just because of WAP. Anyway, how about the half-naked 19-year-old? What does she think about the issue? That's right, Zoomers, I've got my finger on the pulse of youth and can state with certainty that Olivia Rodrigo is a person who exists and performs music and I I think. And here's what she said. She was devastated and terrified. So many women and so many girls are going to die because of this unclear exactly how. This song goes out to the justices. She names them. I'm sure she read them. And then she says, we hate you which is, uh, I mean, that is amazing. She's then said, F you was the name of the song that she dedicated, which is pretty classy. Uh, And Phoebe Bridgers chimed in telling the crowd she's having the crappiest day. Who wants to say F the Supreme Court? Hmm, F the Supreme Court. F that S, F America, F all these irrelevant old Fs. F it. F it, she said F a bunch of times, and this ruling might wind up backfiring for us, honestly, as pro-lifers, because all these people keep asking for effing of the Supreme Court, and it's going to lead to a lot of unwanted pregnancies. Shouldn't they just be chanting abort the court? Why F the court? You've got abort the court, it's catchy, and it rhymes. Although you'd probably then have to acknowledge that it's not really healthcare. Does America? BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to sign up for Blaze TV. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. Angela McCardle is here. Uh, she's one of the big wigs over at the Libertarian Party. She's going to be breaking down uh, the news of the day. Did Joe Biden buy his son Hunter Russian prostitutes? Don't you just. Wa- well, you just have to know the answer to that is yes, but I'll tell you the whole story behind it. Uh, but we start by doing. The row overturn fallout. You know, I want to, sometimes we get into this thing where we could take the craziest person from the Internet and make them the face of the other side, and that's not fair. So I want to start with the most sensible argument I have heard from the left. This is uh, someone on YouTube, and I think makes probably the most coherent argument against the ruling from Friday. Yeah! I mean, kids. I, compare it to the view. Which one is smarter? I, I gotta say, she. I think nailed it uh, there. I, I don't think it was much different than all the people we just heard from uh, from all of the concerts all around America, or what we heard, honestly, from Lori Lightfoot, who's supposed to be a politician with understanding of these issues. Instead, she's doing this. Now we know what happened with the Supreme Court yesterday. And if you read- Ah, F. Clarence Thomas, there you go, F. Clarence Thomas. I have a, the the, the meltdown from the left is always fun to watch in moments like this. I have a special warm feeling in the pit of my heart uh, for the women who walk around and write pro-abortion messages on their pregnant bellies. I feel like that is something this one says, my daughter deserves a choice. And see, that's brave because your kids inside of there and someday they'll get out to uh, and be able to, you know, abort your grandchild, which will be fantastic. I'm sure you'll cheer it on at the time. This one is not yet a human from a woman who seems to be 118 months pregnant. Uh, that, that, if that's not a human, it might not be a human. It might be a giant watermelon. I don't know. But that lady is really freaking pregnant. And, uh, if that, if you could abort that, that kid, I, I mean, I think the kid she's holding in her arm might be younger. Woman's very pregnant is, I guess, my main point. Uh, the the uh, people around the corporate world are also responding to this, and many U.S. companies are now moving to pay travel costs for employees seeking abortions. The tech firms and banks, including Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Morgan Chase, they're all adding a critical health care package. And it's interesting that these financial firms are the ones leading this, because when you stop and you think about it for a moment, what's our reaction to this as conservatives? we we say oh this is wokeism in action i mean they're all left wing companies and they're pushing for this woke nonsense they want to pay for abortions and abortion travel and there's definitely something to that right like that's real that's part of this but allow me to ask you to consider another additional option you see here if you're a company put yourself in the position of a company which one would you rather have would you rather pay $4000 to give an employee a couple of days off to have their abortion Or would you rather cheer on that mom bringing the kid to term so you can pay for them to be off for three consecutive months? And then, in addition to all that, you give them months and months off. You have to figure out how to replace the person. You have to pay for an additional employee, most likely to cover them being gone and out of work. And then in addition to that, that mom most likely will have a shift in priorities from you being the focus of their lives to their child being the focus of their lives. It's almost like there's a cynical monetary motivation here by these companies to pay for these kids to be offed. I know it's a crazy, crazy idea and probably uh, only 100% true. Elizabeth Warren is trying to get herself back into your face. Now, she is seeing the writing on the wall a little bit here. She's realizing she was kind of competitive in la- probably, what, third place in last uh, the last primary. Joe Biden is obviously 165 years old. And somehow, the person who finished in second is even older. So her relatively spry late 60s, early 70s is incredibly uh, attractive to, I guess left wing voters right now. And she wants to come out and look, they're just starting to say the quiet part out loud. Here she is with her solution to not getting what she wants at the Supreme Court.
1: This court has lost legitimacy. They have burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had after their gun decision, after their voting decision, after their union decision. They just took the last of it and set a torch to it with the Roe versus Wade opinion. I believe we need to get some confidence back in our court. And that means we need more justices on the United States <laughs> Supreme Court.
0: <laughs> we need more, more confidence. So we're just going to flood the court with justices so we get the rulings we want. That won't make it look political at all. The brilliance of Elizabeth Warren. Now, Biden supposedly still does not support court packing. And the reporting is that the White House has confirmed this. But we must acknowledge that this confirmation came from Corinne Jean-Pierre. So, unless she was reading it, there's no reason to believe it. We have to wait and see like how this you know how this shakes itself out over the next uh, few weeks to know if we were supposed to believe that or not. Um, it was amazing to see the way the media covered this, because you have this uh, and this happens all the time, right? You have to come up with some way to tell these stories. And of course, the the way that the left sees a story like this is to... Uh, in any very sympathetic way, they see the pain of the abortion providers as this terrible, terrible thing that should not be you know not be happening, and they don't see the pain of the the potential life that has been ended when an abortion occurs um, and and this is part of the problem with this. every single news organization just sent their people to closing abortion clinics to to Uh, interview everyone. Not exactly a both sides situation being presented there. Some attempted it uh, poorly, in my opinion. The problem, of course, with all of the kids that were aborted is they're not alive. So it's really hard to interview them. there's never really the interview never happens, which is just a small part of the problem with that wonderful procedure. But I noticed that everyone kind of had the same idea. ABC News decided to do this. They went to abortion clinics. And I was just struck by the tone of all of this reporting. Here they are at an abortion clinic, uh, trying to uh, understand how it feels to be in an abortion clinic that may have to close because of the the overturning of Roe versus Wade.
1: No one ever expects to be here or that they're gonna need our care. Most of them are, are just young people that are just trying to go to school and live their lives and care of their kids. Now, I don't
0: know if taking care of the kids is the exact terminology you want to utilize here when, I mean, I guess in, in like the mobster sort of way, they're taking care of their kids, but I don't think that's exactly what you're going for normally here. Um, they also, I, I was just struck by how much emotion the news was able to put into this story, not from the children who will no, never have a chance at life, but to the people who are who are conducting the procedures to end such life. Listen.
1: Some of them, there were patients who were mad. There were patients who cried. There were patients who said, I'm so sorry for you all. For you guys. For us. They said, I'm so sorry you can't be there. I mean, it, that's very
0: emotional. Uh, it's sure. I'm so sorry you can't be there to perform all those abortions on on. On these children, I just what what a it must be gut wrenching for you to maybe these kids might live. It's the worst possible idea. The New York Times did the exact same story. They went to a bunch of abortion clinics, talked to workers there, and they found themselves so overwhelmed by a more emotion that they were not able to carry out these abortions, which we were used to be told were safe, legal and rare. And we, we thought Joe Biden told us. Every one of them was a tragedy back in 2006. Now we're totally on the, now we're in shout your abortion land. Now we're in, if we can't get the abortion done, we feel like this. I know also had to go find a ladies room or a private office for
1: a few minutes to regroup and recover.
2: So some people from the staff were going to the
0: bathroom to have to, you know, compose themselves as well.
1: To the bathroom, to the back of the building where there were no patients to have a good cry. Um, It it was this absolute horrendous dread.
0: Absolute horrendous dread at the idea that a child might live? Uh, Again, there was messaging back in the day that was pretty effective for the left. Safe, legal, rare, everyone's a tragedy. It was essentially a necessary evil, right? Right. That's changed. Now it's shout your abortion. Now it's celebrate your abortion. And honestly, I don't know if Roe versus Wade would have been overturned if the left was messaging this still as safe, legal, and rare, a tragedy that it was unavoidable. Instead, we're in this, let's write, uh, we want more abortions on our pregnant belly land. And that land is a land that the American people do not want any part of. They don't want any part of that. More from the New York Times, again, talking to someone at uh, an abortion clinic that may, sadly, you may be sad to hear, may have to close very soon.
1: Some women were just sitting there looking so horribly dejected. I'm sorry.
0: The emotion is amazing.
1: Anyway, you know, it was some were angry, some were upset.
2: And what was in your mind at the time? (gasps) And what was in your mind at the time?
0: This
1: isn't right. Hmm. That no one should do this to these women. It's wrong. It's wrong. How How can anyone call themselves human and put these ladies through what they're going through now?
0: How can anyone call themselves human? You know, the left has a real struggle figuring out what is human and what isn't. I don't know. How can they call themselves human for letting humans be born? I don't know. It's a real challenge. Real, real challenge. Uh, I mean, this one, I, it's the same stuff, but I have to play this one for you. This is uh, an absolute. Uh, just catch the the uh, the wording at the end of this particular clip.
1: I didn't want the patients to see me that way. You know, I'm supposed to be the strong one. I'm supposed to be a leader. And I just needed a moment because I really, really wanted to be there for the patients. You know, we've we've had so many struggles before trying to keep the clinic going with, you know, all that we have faced here in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is the, the worst possible thing that could happen. Worst
0: possible thing.
1: Not just for the clinic, but for these women. But at the same time, I don't know. I just felt like they needed somebody that wasn't all all in pieces.
0: Now, I will agree that avoiding people in pieces is the focus of this important story. But I don't think we see it the same way. I don't think we see any of this stuff the same way. I don't think we see America the same way. You know, we started with Billy... Joe or whatever his name is from Green Day, saying F America and F this country. And they're so effing stupid. And like, it's easy to dismiss that as some celebrity moron just running his mouth. And of course, that's true. But the difference between that celebrity moron and everybody in the media and everybody that is a politician on the left, the difference between those two is he's just saying the truth out loud. The truth that they actually believe the same attitude applies to the media. The same attitude applies to politicians. You can see how much they hate your guts in this coverage. Your viewpoint of simply wanting children to live is vilified as if it's this fascist uh, trip to the handmaid's tale. I can understand there being arguments about these things. They can be dicey, tough issues at times. And you could see disagreement with the other side on this stuff. And maybe you'd even be able to see some of their points. But how can you how can you not see the side that conservatives are presenting here? What we are asking for is children to be born, children to live of all different races, colors, creeds, all of it. Some will be gay, some will be straight, some will probably wind up being transgendered. And you're arguing to end all of their lives before they do anything. How can that possibly be the right argument? There's an op-ed in the New York Times today called America the Merciless. I want to read to you the beginning of this, because this is really how they see this country. Uh, As the Fourth of July looms, I find myself mulling over the idea of American exceptionalism. What, if anything, makes this country different from other countries or from the rest of the developed world in terms of morals or ideals? In what ways do our distinct values inform how America treats our own citizens? I land on a distinct absence of mercy. Witness the ruthless evisceration of Roe versus Wade. I can't help but see a particular American bent toward cruelty. Cruelty? Lack of mercy? We're defining mercy as the side of the argument that wants children to not be born? That's mercy? How is this possible? Look, the truth is we are living in bizarro world. How is the empathetic side of the argument the one that wants to end all of the lives How is it merciful to constitutionally guarantee that one person can stop the beating heart of another? How can the side begging for millions of African Americans to be born be the racist side? When we're talking about infants, how can we not err on the side of life? And how can we have a constitution that somehow allows for speech like this. (laughs) That's a pretty good point. For those on podcast, I just want to remind you that she was wearing a leopard bra and uh, that her voice will haunt your dreams forever. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. It can make you feel like that lady screaming, you know? (laughs) When things go wrong, it feels like it's overwhelming your entire life. But generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that is a lot of responsibility. You need a, a real estate agent that you can trust, and that's why I always recommend realestateagentsitrust.com. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent before inviting them to join the network, and they only work with full-time professionals, no part-time or inexperienced agents. The team makes the introduction. They follow you through the buying process, the selling process, whatever you're doing, and they make sure that you're satisfied. process is simple. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. You can provide them with some basic information. The team will contact you to make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. They'll walk you through the entire process. It's really easy to do. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm so happy to welcome Angela McCardle to the program. She's the chair for the National Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles County. Angela, how's it going?
2: Hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. I can't tell you how many people have told me they said if the Libertarian Party is ever going to be a factor, Angela is the one who's going to make this happen. So I got to talk to Angela. Thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. So kind of give us a background of of who you are and why, what do you want to do with the Libertarian Party?
2: Well, so I have formerly chaired the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles County. It's the largest county affiliate in the country. So the Libertarian Party is broken up into the national, state level, and county level parties. And one of the things that we really championed during 2020 was opposing lockdowns and vaccine Mm. mandates that's been a real passion project of mine. And I have sought to bring that energy to the national level to speak out boldly against government tyranny and to not be afraid to speak out on cultural issues because I believe that culture really guides politics and if we want to achieve individual liberty in our lifetimes, we've got to understand what it means to be relevant and to speak to the needs of real people.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, I, it was interesting to see what happened during uh, COVID because this show started uh, like three weeks before the pandemic really kicked in. So I, we've been in constant pandemic coverage since almost day one. And when when it first kicked in and we went into lockdowns, there was this, there's all these think pieces about how nobody's a libertarian anymore. Everybody's abandoned libertarianism. Everybody loves the federal government now. And I honestly, after a while, started feeling the exact opposite wound up being the truth. Like we wound up seeing incredible innovations and, and all the different, uh, I think the positive things that came out of uh, out of the pandemic for what there was seem to come from a, from the perspective of individual liberty
2: absolutely and the libertarian party unfortunately was not really championing that at the national level so that's why i decided you know what i need to run i need to see if i can turn this thing around uh, because we need to get our voice out there and we should be the lead, the leaders of this movement we need to be at the forefront not the ones who are rel- reluctantly at the bottom of the bell curve getting dragged along on the fight for individual liberty um Yeah. It's been remarkable, I think, to see cultural shifts in the country where you see people like nurses and truck drivers all of a sudden really understanding and espousing what it means to be free. Because when I think about freedom, I think about what are some of the foundational things? Can you leave your home and just go to work? Can you go to the grocery store? Can you just live your life peacefully? And now with, with inflation, it's like, can you afford to buy groceries? Just basic things like that. That's what I want us to be championing because, you know, seatbelt laws or things like that, sure, you know, they're, they're on my list. It's way at the bottom, though, <laughs> way at the bottom. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think there was, you know, maybe in the past, because uh, as a country, we've been generally speaking, when you compare it to the world, on the side of freedom for most, most of our history, uh, as compared especially to other you know, tyrannical regimes around the globe. And so at some level, we were sort of spoiled. I mean, I remember early March 2020, seeing what was going on in Italy, for example, and thinking like, can you believe that that's happening? They're shutting down part of the country that could never happen here. And then you know, two weeks later, there we are. Uh, you know, it really, I think, set in stone a real difference for people. That's, they see the federal government differently than they did before.
2: Yes, yes. And I think everything that happened was terrible, but it's good that people are finally starting to be suspicious of government. You know, whatever it is that gets us there, I'm glad that people are starting to think more critically and to not trust it because uh, that's not gonna save us. We're We're never gonna see salvation coming out of the white house no matter how favorite your your guy is no matter who's in there that is not going to be the path to liberty it, it always is going to start with us and our reactions and our responses to government encroachment and the path that we want to make whatever we want to drive forward it's got to begin here in the home at the grassroots level.
0: Mm. Uh, you mentioned inflation, which I think is still the biggest story. Uh, you know, We've had a lot of talk about the courts and a lot of other big stories going on, but the biggest story to the average person on an everyday basis is inflation. They are getting killed by it. We saw trillions and trillions of dollars of spending go on. God only knows what would have happened if Biden got what he wanted, which was up to another $6 trillion of spending. The Libertarian Party has been really good on this, uh, you know, Libertarian thinking and thought has been very good on this for a long time. How can how can you kind of get that message to people to understand that the printing is the problem?
2: Right. So you've got to educate people, but you've got to make that interesting. So I like to think of it as, you know, like culture is uh, is what directs politics. But if you're not, if you can't relate a political issue to a cultural issue, you're just not gonna make progress. I'd like to see small business owners and and even large corporations speaking out about this to combat the narrative that it's just greedy business owners Hmm. to really point the finger at the Federal Reserve and say, hey, I don't wanna lay off tons of people. I don't wanna drive up the costs of goods. I have no choice. This is what I have to do to stay in business. I'd love to see something like a, a 2021 price sale can we just just go back a year, you know? What about 2007? <laughs> what, if, what if you priced everything in 2007? Re- remember when we protested war, not pronouns? Mm. Remember when you could afford to eat at a fast food restaurant and it didn't cost the same as Red Lobster? That would be kind of cool to see.
0: I, I went to a restaurant last night, and we, I got a sandwich in Texas, and it was $12.99. And it didn't even have, I mean, I don't even eat meat, so it didn't even have meat on it. for a freaking sandwich. I don't, Yeah. it's it's really legitimately incredible. And when I think every, you can't spin your way out of this. Like nothing Corinne Jean-Pierre can do can get Joe Biden out of this. Everybody notices it and it hits them constantly.
2: Yeah, and I'm so happy for Stephen Colbert and other celebrities who can afford to buy electric cars and pay more for gasoline, but for single mothers, regardless of their politics, if you're already clipping coupons, if you're already buying store brand food, how much more can you make your dollar stretch? Those are problems that real human beings have to deal with. It's just, it's we gotta see people really speak to the needs of the average individual and not just pay mouth service and, and lip service to things that cultural elites say. That's That has gotta go away. And we really do need to see a cultural movement that rejects elitist monetary policy, because that's what it is.
0: Mm. Um, you know it's it's been fascinating to kind of watch uh, all of this go on over the past few years where people i think have really changed the way that they've seen the world, um, You know, uh, I think there's a there's an idea that you can do all this through politics, but it can't it can't be done that way. And we've seen you can elect people. I mean, Republicans have elected a lot of people and right. that has not always led to a smaller government. In fact, it almost never does uh, in, in really at any point. It almost never does. Is there a, is there a path for people to understand that the smaller the government is, the less you have to worry about them?
2: I think so, because I think. You know, one of the things that happened during 2020 is under Donald Trump's administration, we saw inflation rise when they printed tons of, how, trillions of dollars. I don't even remember how many, it, it was so insane. And so you've seen both administrations do it. And certainly the Biden administration is probably gonna be gearing up to make it worse, uh, much worse. But it always goes back to what's happening in the White House and when it comes to monetary policy, it looks like both parties are guilty. And we need to start shifting the paradigm away from red team versus blue team to make it more about what is actually best for your life in the home.
0: Yeah. And, I, I you know, there's some stuff that Donald Trump did that I liked, but like he didn't even run on trying to control spending. I mean, there's never really a point. He didn't even advertise that. It was never there was never. That was never a focus of his. And, you know, when you have the Republican Party not really focusing on spending, you already have the Democratic Party who doesn't care about it. It can get out of control really fast. And that's that's really what we've seen. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the sort of state. Now, I come at this. I'm a conservative with a lot of libertarian leaning um, and I come from that Tea Party era where that was really kind of popular. I think over the past few years, talking to a lot of my friends who are conservatives, they've really adopted more of either sort of a nationalist bent to conservatism, sort of a common good uh, version of conservatism. A lot of that scares me, but it is a large portion of the type of people who would be interested in a Libertarian Party candidate. How do you talk to people who kind of see, see the world as changing and maybe we can't go to that just small government focus all the time?
2: Sure. Well, one of the problems with a strong nationalist focus is the economic fallout that comes from centralizing production and everything at the hands of government. It just doesn't work out. We really do need free markets to make things affordable and efficient for everyone. You know, and I, I don't like to draw the analogy all the time between Nazi Germany and, and the United States. But one of the things that they did was they were in Nazi Germany, they were responding to a real economic crisis. And what happened in World War I, you know, really set them back financially. And so they, they pulled back really hard in the opposite direction and said, you know what, we got to really be strong. We've got to nationalize our industry. And that was really devastating and it created all kinds of other problems. Uh, and then obviously, you know, in communist China, everything was very centralized, and they have started to try to break away from that. Well, clearly trying to save face to the rest of their, you know, fellow comrades, but they have adopted more free market principles. And that is, it helped that country prosper like dramatically and, and pulled a lot of people out of poverty. So I would just remind people that centralized government. It sounds good when you want to own your opposition, but it doesn't really translate into economic prosperity. And that's what we all need if we really want to pursue that classic American dream, the ability to climb from the lower class to the middle class, you know, and then make it big, you know, and be be a successful entrepreneur. You've got to have the... You've got to have the dexterity in your economy and market to maneuver quickly and to do it independently.
0: Mm. Um, last one here for you. Uh, you know we've had a ton of Supreme Court uh, rulings over the past uh, few days that have been really, really big, big in the news and really impactful. I think to our country. Um, you know you have a, a big ruling on the Second Amendment, which is something that we're told by the media is the, the worst thing that's ever happened until uh, the Roe versus Wade uh, overturning, which then was the worst thing that had ever happened. And while they don't, I don't think, call it the Worst thing that's ever happened. The case today with Coach uh, Kennedy, uh, who was praying on the field, um, was a clear religious liberty type of case. Can you kind of give us a rundown? If you can give us a couple sentences or your thoughts on on each of those, or whatever you feel uh, comfortable uh, chatting about.
2: Sure. So one of the things I think is really important when when it comes to culture is where culture and politics intersect. Is that it's difficult to enforce something and change someone's mind and make it lasting legally. If it's not already culturally accepted, mm. so things like murder, rape, robbery, those are those are very highly culturally frowned upon. Abortion is not yet; half of the country is still in favor of it. They don't see eye to eye with the rest of the country on what constitutes human life. If you want to have, if you want to have lasting, meaningful changes in that area, you've got to be able to persuade people and convince people, and you've probably got to make it sound more fun and appealing too. I think that for the last 30 years at least, having a family has not been a cool thing. Having children has not mm. been cool. Hookup culture has been cool. All that kind of thing, casual dating and casual sex. So if if libertarians who are pro-life, if conservatives want to see the law change and have it be effective and meaningful, the first thing you're gonna have to do is change people's minds. And I do actually think that we started to do that on on gun rights. Because gun sales went up through the roof in 2020, and I actually knew a lot of progressives who purchased firearms during lockdowns because they were afraid for their families. And what a weird thing, right? They were afraid of um, white supremacists and you know like scary people with the opposite <laughs> political views coming to hurt them. But right. whatever, like, they started to support gun rights, and I like that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a really it's a really it's an interesting thing that happened there. It's like when you get to that point where you realize you are the first responder? You know, you can yes. sit here and hope that the police will show up, and sometimes they do. But like, if you are don't react quickly and you have no way to defend yourself, there's not much more to the story, sadly. Uh, Angela McCardle, a chair for the National Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles County. Thanks so much for coming on, and and I wish you the best. I, I think it would be a really good thing for America if the Libertarian Party had a. a, a a bigger profile and a bigger impact on our policies even if it's just dragging the other two in a different direction frankly uh thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it
2: thank you so much we're going to move that overton window for you
0: <laughs> you know over and over again on friday I, I, you know, I just get people were texting me that i haven't talked to in a while People getting in touch that, I, you know, I've lost contact with and just all of them saying kind of the same thing. Like, what a day like this is incredible. Uh, what? I can't believe this actually happened when Roe versus Wade was overturned. And it was really shocking. I said over and over again on this show, on the radio show. I can't really even believe it. I still can't believe it. What a day. And as I was thinking about afterward, how do you, how do you mark this day? I sent a message to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the people who actually run this place, and I said, you know, I wouldn't mind just having a shirt that just says the date on it. Like, that's, that's how I would remember this. I'd wear that shirt around everywhere. Well, we decided to make it, so here it is. If you'd like to commemorate that day, it's a shirt, and it just says 6 22 And not everyone's going to know what it means. Some people are not going to know, but the people who do know Will be able to give you that nod as they walk by. You know, it's one of the most important days in American history, and they want to make it January 6th. <laughs> uh, they want January 6th to be the day that you remember. That's not the day I'm going to remember. Over the past couple of years, I'm going to remember 62422, and that is now available at StuDoesMerch.com. There is a code if you want to save 10%. Is Stu10? Go there now, pick one up. StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. We're back in a second. And now, Nancy Pelosi pushes a child. we want come into the Why? Who does that? Why? You could ask her to move. You can put your hand on her shoulder nicely. You don't have to shove her out of the way with your elbow. But you know, this, of course, proves the case that I've been making for so long. Nancy Pelosi. Sucks. Nancy Pelosi sucks um, By the way, uh, this is the response. That was the, that was the child, by the way, of Maya, or Myra Flores. She's the new congresswoman uh, who from Texas. She says, I'm so proud of my strong, beautiful daughter for not allowing this to phase her. She continued to smile and pose for a picture like a queen. No child should be pushed to the side for a photo op, period. Well, you don't know Nancy Pelosi very well because that's what she would do. You're lucky her husband didn't run him over. I mean, that's... She got that going for you. The the Supreme Court today, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, Coach Kennedy, who we had on this program, maybe sometime this week we'll we'll, uh, give you a taste of that interview because uh, we talked to the guy and uh, his case went to the Supreme Court. A very important win for religious freedom in this country. In fact, it's been a very good court for religious freedom. And then we've made some real advances over the past few years. Uh, They uh, came in 6-3 along typical ideological lines with six justices thinking religious liberty is a thing and three thinking uh, that we should all worship the devil. That's at least how I read it. It's in the dissent. Worship Satan. The whole dissent just said worship Satan. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm guessing on that one. Uh, Los Angeles uh, had an interesting sporting event that happened. And I always like to check in. You know, I'm a sports fan here on the program. Los Angeles had a 29 year old trans woman, which is also known as a man, beating a 13 year old girl in New York City's women's skateboarding contest. Now, you might say very not very common for a 29 year old and a 13 year old to be in the same competition anyway. But if you're going to have a 29 year old beat up on a 13 year old girl, you'd like it to at least be a 29 year old woman doing it. A 29-year-old guy who's saying that he is a woman uh, in the middle of this competition really seems a bit odd, uh, and frankly wrong in every single way. Uh, but in this particular way, uh, it was—I guess she took home uh, 500 bucks, and the second place was a 13-year-old girl who I don't know what she got. Like she got two tickets to. Uh, To a drag queen story hour or something. I don't know how it worked, but something happened like that. And in other woke sports news, this is very sad. You're going to be very disappointed. Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL. I have explained at length why he is not in the NFL. He sucks. He's not a good quarterback, and that's why he's not in the NFL. Other players who took a knee with him are still in the NFL because those players are good football players where Colin Kaepernick blows. He's not a good quarterback. He should not be in the NFL because he sucks at the position. Well, every year there seems to be some team who's like, I don't know. I think he was thrown out because he took a political stand against murder. Uh, And it's not because he throws the ball to the, the wrong jersey often. Well, This time it was the Las Vegas Raiders, their owner, very, very liberal, uh, wanted to bring them in for a big tryout. They had a big tryout. And somehow we haven't seen any video footage of this tryout, which is really weird because anytime Colin Kaepernick does anything, we see video of it against our will. Well, we're starting to realize why. We haven't seen any video of that. And it comes to us from uh, Warren Sapp, who said uh, he heard the tryout was, quote, a disaster. I heard it was one of the worst workouts ever. I'm wondering how the hell this has happened and the tape didn't get out. Yeah, I'm wondering the same thing, by the way, uh, Warren. And thank you for pointing that out. And I should also note, as uh, displayed here, we have Nancy Pelosi sucks. Merchandise, Nancy Pelosi sucks pen, the Nancy Pelosi sucks mug, which you will love. And one of my favorites all time, the Colin Kaepernick uh, mug, which says, always remember, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. We have had a great run on podcast. Going to have our biggest quarter ever. Thank you so much for listening to the show on podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. You can rate and review us and subscribe as well. This review comes in, you down with AEC? Yeah, you know me. AEC being algorithmic engagement comments. Please leave yours, especially if you're on YouTube or wherever you are. Uh, deep UHF references. Someone actually got the UHF reference from the other day. That's impressive. And a host who looks like Greta Thunberg in drag. Culturally culturally appropriating an agent from the matrix. matrix. It's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. I will say, like Greta Thunberg, I am also Swedish. So maybe there is some resemblance there. Just saying. Uh, excellent review. Thank you. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And we like to read your reviews here on the program. Uh, some comments as well. You go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Follow the show, subscribe to it and uh, click the little bell because the bell will remind you when we go live, which we do often when news breaks. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure you subscribe uh, and you can uh, see the power hour there as well. Uh, We'll talk to you about that here in a second. Uh, Yvonne writes, thank you, Stu, for your intelligence and ability to inform us about this Supreme Court decision. God bless American hearts. Maybe. I don't know. I love them, too. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Like subscribe and algorithmic engagement comment. Check, check, check. We got it. Thank you so much, Stephen Neal writes. Happy life day! At a time where things get uh, get days and months attributed to them all the time, I want June 24th to become life day. I like that. I hadn't heard that yet, and I like it. We did make shirts, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and mugs and stickers as well with the date 62422. It's simple. And I just, you know, it's something I, I said, we got to get me one of these. they got hats as well. we got to get the mug as well. i got to get the mug for the set. Um, but the bottom line is, I, you know, it's a quick little reminder of a really important day in our history. June 24th, 2022. Most people will just walk by. They won't know what the shirt means but a lot of people will, and uh, and that's really cool. Uh, I, I don't know, I like that type of thing. That's why I like the Colin Kaepernick thing, because it screws with people's heads. Also we have up there, uh, you can get your Power Hour Survivor gear, Stu America, Power Hour Survivor, available at studosmerch.com. the code is Stu10. You can save 10%. Uh, Not quite as important a day as June 24th, 2022 is July 8th, 2022, which will be our next power hour. I know Chad Prather will be joining us as well as Sarah Gonzalez. We have a whole cast of characters here uh, to uh, have a great time uh, drinking our fears away uh, and our worries away. And I will say we ranted too long today to get to the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story. But I encourage you, I will tweet it from at Studos America. I encourage you to read it. It's very long and it's very detailed and it has all these texts about how Joe Biden inadvertently, it seems, paid for $100,000 of hookers for Hunter Biden. It, it's amazing and it's incredibly well documented. Don't miss it. I'll tweet it out at Studos America.